Let's go ahead and pray together, and then we're going to turn to John chapter 1. I hope you have your Bible there. John chapter 1, verse 35. We're going to pick up there in that uh, passage. It'll be a familiar one probably to many of you, but some may be new. So let's ask God to speak to us. Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity we have to know you first, and thank you that you give us your word. Because in your word, and your word is truth. And Father, we pray that today the truth that we read, the things that we know are true, everything that you've written guides us and it guards us and it helps us to stay focused on the life that you've given us. So we're thankful for Christ, thankful for the hope that he gives us, thankful for the life he's given us. We pray that as we continue to live in Christ and he lives in us, that you'll continue to make us more and more like him. So it's in Jesus' name we ask these things and pray. Amen. I've always been interested in music. Now, I don't know if you like music, but I've always been interested in music, and I love to listen to music and even do a little singing, mostly in the shower, but I, I, I try, you know. I enjoy a little music. When I was young, I guess I attribute it to my mom because when I was young, my mother was given an old piano from her aunt's house. My great aunt had passed away. They were kind of uh, taking a lot of things out of her home, and we, we ended up with the piano. My mother had taken piano classes when she was a girl, and she thought it might be nice to try to kind of relearn uh, something that she once knew and even teach her two boys, these two knot-headed boys she had, how to play an instrument. Well, I tried. I'll just say it that way. I, at least I tried, and I tried to do it. I didn't uh, really do that. My brother was the one who really picked up an instrument later in life, but the influence that my mother left there was important, and it served me well in life. About the only thing today I could play on a piano, if I tried, would be the very first song I remember hearing my mom and dad actually play together in our house. We had gotten the piano to our home, and they got it set up, and boy, they were so excited, and my mom sat down there, and she, she had a couple of little books that she'd gotten, and she opened one up, and she started kind of tinkering around a little bit, and then my dad said, well, I can play a song, and she said, what can you play? And so they cut loose on this thing. Y'all know this song? Heart and soul. Heart and soul. Those are the only lyrics I know. I, I couldn't even tell you what the words are to that song, right? But I remember the tune. I remember the tune. Y'all know the tune, right? You've heard that little song. And uh, so Heart and Soul, I guess, was the only, probably the only thing I, I could play if I even tried to. Uh, just the top part. I probably couldn't do the bottom part. But uh, anyway, it was one of those fun little songs that helped me. But here's what I, I did learn. I learned a deeper appreciation for music and my mother's influence more than that. Because uh, she gave me a lot when she gave me my love for music. You could say it this way. She affected my heart and soul. She really did. Now, isn't that what Christ does in our life? Isn't that what He does? When we come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, He draws us closer to Christ who influences us, invests in us, and ultimately invites us to follow Him through this world and into eternal life. Now, Jesus Christ wants to save you. Now, what He wants to save you from is this. He wants to save you from the damaging effects of sin. The Bible simply says the wages for our sin is death. And Christ wants to save us. He wants to rescue us from the clutches of death. He wants to give us a new heart and soul. That's how He does it. 
Isn't that amazing? You think, well, he needs to be able to keep me from dying if I'm going to avoid death. Not necessarily. Our body's going to die. My body's going to die. Your body's going to die. But do you know that your spirit doesn't have to? The real you doesn't have to? And you can get a new body. That's even better, even better part of the deal. Uh, it's an amazing thing. So he begins with the heart and with the soul. That's where the Lord starts. And he begins to work on us. And he wants us to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Listen to that. Follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not only that, but Christ wants us to influence others and introduce him to other people who can also then follow him. So Christ wants us to be a positive influence ourselves in someone else's life. Now that gets tricky, doesn't it? Because here's the danger that I face, you face, the temptation we face. While we're to be a positive influence in someone else's life, introduce them to Christ, if we're not careful, if we're not intimately connected by the heart and soul to the Lord, to the Savior, it's going to be easier for us to get drawn off into the darkness of sin than to live in the light of His love. And so there's a temptation there that I might want to blend in with the world around me rather than influencing the world around me. And so I, that's always something we each have to deal with. But here in John 1, and I hope you look at starting verse 35 with me, this is the story of how one of those fishermen, if you were with us four or five weeks ago, we started this series in Matthew's Gospel reading the call of four fishermen to follow Jesus this is John's version of that story. As a matter of fact, John could go a little bit further back in the story. I kind of want—I think I know why. I'm not real sure, but I think I know why. I'll explain that in just a second. But, but this is John's version of that calling of fishermen. Now, he only talks really specifically about two of those four fishermen. He's going to mention Andrew and Simon Peter, which was Andrew's brother. Now, Matthew and Mark tell us there were a couple other guys named James and John. John being this John who wrote this gospel. And so in this passage, you're going to see when we get to verse 35 that there were two men, and he doesn't name them specifically here. He just says there were two men who were following John the Baptist. And then interestingly enough, John the Baptist will point these two men who had been following him and say, you don't need to follow me, you need to follow him. And point it at Jesus and called him the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, I wonder, here's my theory, that one of these two men was Andrew. We know that. John will tell us that in a minute. I wonder if the other guy wasn't John himself. John has a unique way of doing this. In his gospel, there'll be a couple of times when he'll be talking about himself, but he don't want to talk about himself. You know, he don't want to puff himself up. So he just he doesn't call himself by name. He doesn't say, I did this and I did that. He doesn't do that. He'll say, the disciple whom Jesus loved the disciple who was close to Jesus. Now, he's, it's a kind way, an humble way of saying, me. You know, he didn't want to point the light on himself. He wanted to keep the light on Jesus. And that's the way we ought to do it, by the way. In my life, your life, we ought to keep the light on Jesus. Let his light shine through me. And uh, so I appreciate John doing that. But I think that's my opinion. That's not, I can't prove that. But that's my opinion that that's why he probably did that. But let's look at this, starting verse 35 with me, because here Andrew, we learn something from his example. Andrew's going to be real helpful to us just for the next couple of minutes this morning because he's going to help give us an example of what it's like when we've really given our heart and soul to the Lord and he's put a whole new heart and soul in us, okay? And what it's like to live for him and follow him. So notice verse 35, again, the next day John stood, that's John the Baptist, 
stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as they, he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Now notice that. It's important. They followed Jesus. Here's what we know about Andrew. Andrew was seeking. Andrew was searching. What was he looking for? Andrew wanted a new heart. He wanted a new start in life. He desired a new spiritual heart. You say, Brother Matt, how do you know that? Well, who was he following around? John the Baptist. Who was John the Baptist? The last of the Old Testament prophets. And he's the guy who was standing out in the wilderness saying, Repent, turn away from a sinful life, and turn back to God. And if Andrew was following him around, that just speaks to the fact that Andrew wanted a new spiritual heart. He wanted to know God. He was tired of living a sinful life, a separated from a holy God. He wanted to know his Creator in the days of his youth. There's wisdom there. There's a lot of wisdom there. He really wanted to know God. So he was waiting for the Messiah. He was listening to the truth that John was saying. He had his life pointed toward God, pointed in the right way. And when Christ came on the scene, Christ came looking for Andrew. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind, there's no coincidence that Christ came along that stretch of seashore that day because he knew that these fishermen would be there. He knew that John the Baptist would point them toward Christ. He knew Andrew already. Do you know that God already knows who you are? He made you. He created you. He knows you. Now, you may not know him yet, but he knows you. And God will come looking for you even if you're lost in sin. He won't give up on you. He's that good shepherd who'll come looking for a sheep. He's that, that, like that woman who looked for that silver coin. He's like that one, that father who looked for that lost son. And God will look for you. And he looked for Andrew. And Jesus called out to him. And he followed Jesus. The Bible says there in verse 37. I, 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 I love the way the way the Hebrews thought about this. They, they thought about your heart as being like the center of your soul or your being. Really, they looked at it as the heart was like your spirit. It was the real you inside. Now, a lot of times when we talk about our heart, we think about that little muscle that's pumping that blood, right? Y'all hear that? That was my heart pumping. Anyway, we, we think about that heart pumping that life-giving blood through our body. But I want you to know something. There's more to it than that. Your heart, when I say heart, I mean the real you inside, down inside this body. You are a spiritual being. Did you know that? A spiritual being with a physical body. God made us that way. God made us to know Him. Listen, we're not able to know God if we're in sin, but we are capable of knowing God if He'll free us from our sin. Listen to that. He made you capable of knowing Him. But if we're lost in sin, we're not able to know Him. So we're capable, we're just not able. Well, Jesus knew that about Andrew, so He came looking for him. He knew Andrew wanted to have a new heart. He wanted to know God, but he didn't know how to know Him. So he was searching, he was seeking, he was looking. When God calls your spirit to follow His Spirit, when God through His Spirit speaks to you and convicts you of your sin and convicts you of your need to turn to Jesus, listen, don't turn away from that. 
Listen to that voice in your heart and in your mind. Listen to God speaking to you. Listen to Him as He woos you and draws you. And, and then you need to follow after Jesus. Start seeking after Him and pursuing Him. Uh, the Hebrews said it this way. The, the Jews, they used to say it this way. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's the same thing. The heart and the spirit. See, there's synonyms here for each other. Lord, give me a new heart. What that means is put your spirit in my spirit. Make my spirit sure and steady and like a rock. We're going to hear more about that in a minute. But that's, that's really what their prayer was. So look at verse 38. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, and I like what John does here. He puts a parenthesis in, which is to say, when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? So they have a question. Rabbi, where are you staying? What was Andrew wanting to know? He's one of these two guys asking. He's like, I want to learn from you. Andrew developed a new spiritual mind as he spent time with Jesus. Now, I like this in the, in the end of this verse, verse 39 rather. He, he said to them, come and see. Don't you like that? When you really have a desire and you say, Lord, I really want to do this or I really want to know you, and the Lord says, come and see. Come and see. He extends an invitation to us. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. And John says, now it was about the tenth hour. Y'all, in, in Jewish world, in the Jewish clock, the tenth hour is four o'clock in the afternoon. Say, so well, how does that work? Well, six o'clock in the morning or sunup is the first hour. So when they say the tenth hour, they're talking about four o'clock in the afternoon. Now, why is that important? Why did John put that in there? He wants you to know it was getting late into the evening. And so they didn't have time to get back home. They were just going to have to stay wherever Jesus stayed. That's important. Why? Because if he stayed with Jesus instead of going all the way back home, he was invested. And he wanted Jesus to invest in him. He was willing to even stay the night if he had to so that he could spend some time with Jesus and let Jesus spend time with him. When's the last time that you took time to spend time with Jesus? Do you do that every day? You've got to do it. If you want to develop a spiritual mind to think about things God's way and to see your world from God's perspective, you must spend time with the Master. And you have to be in the Word. The Word of God is quick and powerful. That means it's living. And it's life-changing. That's what that means. And it, it, it begins to change the way we think and the way we act. A uh, couple of things to think on. Are you daily investing in a relationship with Jesus? Think about it that way. You're an investor. You're an investor in the kingdom of God. Are you investing in Christ? Are you devoting yourself to learning from His Word? If you want to know whether you're doing that, if you really want to know whether you're developing a spiritual mind, ask yourself this question. Are you becoming more like Christ or more like the world around you? Now listen to that. This is how you'll know if you're really developing a spiritual mind. Are you becoming more like Christ or more like the world that's around you? In James chapter 4, James who was Jesus' half-brother, James said it this way, Therefore, submit to God. It means surrender. Come under God. Re come close to Him. Resist the devil, and He'll flee from you. He'll flee from you. He, 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 he won't be able to do anything with you if you're coming to God, so He'll flee from you. And then He says this, Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, I like that little word, double-minded. I don't like it, but it's an interesting word. I don't want to be double-minded. But it's an interesting word. What does that mean, double-minded? It means to have two opinions at the same time. 
Y'all ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to have two opinions at the same time? You know what you call that? Being a hypocrite. Being two-faced. So James is saying, don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't, don't have two opinions at the same time. Don't, don't say, I belong to Jesus and live like the world. What do you say? No. He says, be focused. He's saying, if you're distracted in your thinking and you're double-minded, that means you're trying to stand on both sides of the fence at the same time and you can't do it. In other words, decide whose you are, the Lord's or the world's. And then once you make that decision, focus on Him. Focus on Him. Draw near to Him, and He'll draw near to you. He'll invest in you if you'll invest in Him. And you'll invest in Him while He's investing in you. And so He's challenging us with that. I like what Romans, what Paul said there, Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Have you loved the Lord with your mind lately? <laughs> what does that mean? To love the Lord with your mind means to intentionally think on His things, to read things about Him. Say, well, I'm not a good reader. Well, then be, let, be a good listener. Let someone else read and you listen. Uh, you know, that's, truthfully, truthfully. Uh, you know, we need to do what we can. Now, we can't all do what everybody else can do, but we can do what we can do, Right? So you do what the Lord has you to do so that you can draw near to Him. If that's listening to good messages, if that's uh, listening to your Sunday school teacher, if it's listening to someone, uh, again, teaching you and reading the Scriptures to you, or if it's yourself spending time reading the Scriptures. Uh, listen, it's, it's important that we put the right things in here in our mind. Put the right things into our minds so the Lord can, can shape our minds the right way and let us think on the right things. And so we're being challenged in that. Look at verse 40, though. One last thing we're learning from Andrew. It says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And we brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You're Simon the son of Jonah, but you shall be called Cephas which is translated a stone. So here's what's interesting. Andrew had someone invest in him. John the Baptist invested in Andrew. Andrew learned who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah, the Christ, the one sent from God. And Andrew committed himself, surrendered himself to following Jesus. And then after he had developed and been given a new heart and then gained a new perspective through a renewed mind, he began to muster this new spiritual strength and he began to influence and introduce Christ to his own brother. Isn't that something? One influencing one. And it just reminds us, you know, we've got someone that we can invest in. Do you have someone you've identified that you can begin to build a relationship with? Somebody you've begun to invest in and ultimately someone that you're going to invite to come to know the Lord Jesus. That's, again, what we want to do over these next weeks and months and even this whole year. Begin to think about that one person. Pray for that one person. Invest in that one person. Ultimately, invite that one person that you know who needs Jesus to come into a relationship with Him. Look, it'll make all the difference in their eternity. But the real difference will be made first in their heart and soul. In their heart and in their soul. When they give their heart to the Lord. When they yield themselves to Him and He transforms them and gives them a new heart when they begin to set their mind on the things above, and God puts the mind of Christ into them, into their mind. I wonder today if there's someone even here 
who needs to give their life to Jesus. There could be someone in this room who needs to surrender their soul, their mind, their spirit, their body, everything to the Lord Jesus. Today maybe is the day that you need to do that. There may be others of us in this room who would say, Brother Matt, I'm a Christian, but I'll be honest, I've been more like the world than I've been more like Jesus. And I need to get my life and mine back on focused on Christ. Look, if that's you, this will be a great time in the next few moments for you to take some time to pray and to begin to ask the Lord to reveal to you the ways in which you've wandered away. Maybe there's some sin, unconfessed sin in your heart and in your life that you need to repent of and turn to the Lord. Maybe there's some things you need to put back in His hands. You've been stressed out or worried about and you need to give it back to Him. I want to encourage you in the next few minutes to take time to reflect on that, pray about that, and let God speak to your heart. Let's do that right now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. And as we do, there may be someone who needs to come to know Christ. There may be others who just need to spend time renewing their heart and mind with the Lord. But let's go to Him right now in prayer. Father, as we come to this moment of deep reflection, we're faced with a choice, a decision, whether we're going to live for Christ and follow Him or whether we're going to live like the world. So help us, Lord, to be people who are surrendered to Your Son, Jesus. Father, even right now, there may be someone that needs to give their life to Christ. And so right now, would you help them to pray a prayer of faith and give you their life. Look, if you're here today and you need to know Christ and you're ready and you want to have a relationship with Him, would you be willing to pray a prayer like this? Would you say this? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I know I need you in my life. Jesus, would you forgive my sin? Would you come into my life And would you clean up my life? Just make that your prayer. Would you say this, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Now would you come live in me? And if that's your prayer and that's your heart's desire right now, he'll forgive your sin and he'll come into your life and he'll give you a whole new start. Father, if there's someone who prayed that today and they really mean it with all their heart, would you give them courage and strength today to begin to follow you even today? to take a step of faith. In just a moment, we're going to have a time to stand together. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation together. And as we do, there may be someone who needs to come and give their life to the Lord. After we sing this song in a few moments, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper together. And if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you've been baptized as a believer, you're welcome to partake of it with us. But before you do, you need to make sure that your heart is right with the Lord. The Scripture tells us not to partake of that supper in a vain way, in an empty way. Not not to have a a heart full of sin. We need to turn our life to the Lord and repent of sin. So today, maybe you need to take some time to pray and say, Lord, make make sure that I'm right with you. Lord, I don't want to be out of fellowship. So, Father, in the next few minutes, help us to know what we need to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.